You're listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I want to thank you all so much for listening, and hopefully you are subscribing. Please visit this radio show on most major podcast platforms. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, and the like. Tune in and drop out. And do, 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 do subscribe. Also, you can check everything out at CZG. 123.blogspot.com There you will find an embedded radio player playing all of this fantastic music and past episodes and you can read articles that I've written with regards to different aspects of music. I hope everyone is having a fantastic 2024 so far. Here we are in February. It's already going by so fast. One month down, 11 more to go. And it is um... Black Heritage History Month. Black Heritage History Month. Uh, so this is a time that we're to reflect and remember uh, those who have paved the way, not only for African-American culture, uh, but those talented enough to get the attention of the white man. And so they become mainstream and they can hopefully earn a buck or two off of them and their talents, which was basically the model for early American, African-American blues. Uh, and jazz, where uh, labels and producers would record them, uh, and it was great for everyone except for the artists, who rarely, if at all, got paid. Uh, um, And unfortunately, what they were paid was nothing compared to the compensation they should have absolutely received for their time and their recording. But uh, that is kind of... uh, the beginnings and the very beginnings of recording of African-American artists. That's, that's what it looked like pretty much. And boy, we've come a long way. Although nowadays there are platforms that don't really pay their artists that much in royalties or in plays, uh, digital plays. So, you know, uh, one can say that, uh, it's a new form of whatever happened back in the day, but, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that was really more cruel, what happened back in the day. Um, but thankfully, a lot of those uh, artists uh, would later receive the attention and accolades they so well deserved. Um, and then by that time, uh, you know, they were able to release compilations and stuff like this. So, um, And then, of course, there's uh, a lot of protest music. Uh, to be played from Black History Month. Um, it's it's just kind of endless. And then, we, of course, you know, we can go way back to the days of slavery where there was a lot of call and response and music made out in the cotton fields. So really, uh, African-American music uh, history is just absolutely extraordinary. And um, a lot of jazz artists are responsible for really bringing that um, genre to life more so than the Glenn Millers and um, I can't even think Glenn Millers and uh, um, Artie Shaw um, uh, Gene Krupa band um, you know the more white leaning 
uh, or bands, swing bands, right? Swing music, yeah? That's kind of what got, uh, you know, it was all ripped off from early blues and jazz, but I could go on and on. This is the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, CZG in the house. I am your host, and do listen to this program. Share it with your friends, family, and even your enemies. Yes, because one day after hearing what you share with them, this radio program, they will call you up and invite you over to their place for dinner, guaranteed. And please visit czg123.blogspot.com. New episodes every TNT, every Tuesday and Thursday. We have Valentine's Day coming up. Don't forget to get those flowers. We're going to jump right into a Rainbow Flipper musical explosion after this. Introducing new A1 poultry sauce. Our first sauce ever meant just for chicken. Because its herbs, spices, and fruit were meant just for chicken, new A1 poultry sauce makes the most of chicken any way you make it. Don't dare stare at the illustrated man. There are fearful pictures on his skin, but the most fearful thing is tattooed on his soul. The Illustrated Man, Ray Bradbury's masterpiece of the supernatural, an incredible journey to the outer limits of imagination. The Illustrated Man, starring Rod Steiger and Claire Bloom from Warner Brothers 7 Arts in Technicolor. This picture is rated M. And now playing exclusively at Pacific's Pickwood Theater. While he was scheming, I was scheming in the beamer, just scheming. Can't believe that I call my men cheating. So I found another way to make him pay for it all. So I went to Neiman Marcus on a shopping spree. And on the way, I grabbed Soleil and Mia. And as the cash box rang, I thought everything away. Oops, there goes the dream we used to say. There goes the times we spent away. There goes the love I had, but you cheated on me. And that's for that now. There goes the house we made a home. There goes you'll never leave me alone. For all the lies you told, this is what you own. When your man wanna get fucked wild, just go back and hit him up style. Get your hands on his cash and spend until the last time for all the hard times. When you go, then everything goes from the crib to the right and the clothes. So you better let him know that if he messed up, you gotta hit him up. While he was bragging, I was coming down the hill of just a dragon. All his pictures and his clothes in the bagging. Sold everything else till there was just nothing left. And I paid all the bills about a month too late. It's a shame we have to play these games. The love we had just fade away, away. There goes the dreams we used to say. There goes the times we spent away. There goes the love I have, but you cheated on me. And that's for that now. There goes the house we made a home. There goes you'll never leave me alone. For all the lies you told, this is what you are. 
yes, yes. You just heard Fats Domino with Blueberry Hill. Originally recorded and published by Sammy Kay in 1940, uh, this version came out in 1956, I believe. Um, yeah, 1956, and uh, boy, it is such a fantastic song. Um, it was a huge hit, huge, huge hit for uh, Fats Domino, um, and it was ranked number 82 in Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Now, you know how I feel about lists, maybe you feel the same, but you know, Liz Schmitz, you know, they're all subject to one's own opinion. But number 82 is uh, pretty good, I gotta say. I mean, it's definitely, definitely worthy of being up there. Uh, it's been featured in many uh, TV programs as well as in movies. Uh, uh, it was even the title of um, uh, Mobster Comedy with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Uh, so, I mean, I can only imagine it was played there. Uh, Fats Domino, who sadly, during Katrina, um, lost everything, uh, meaning his, um, his, his masters were all saved uh, in his basement. And uh, he's from New Orleans, and um, he was born into a French Creole family. And yeah, he refused to leave his home. And then, yeah, his whole house flooded and all those master tapes gone. Unreal. Uh, and uh, just, it's so fascinating. He has sold <laughs> more than 65 million records fascinating. I mean, he's he's huger than one would assume he is, I, I have to say. I mean, I knew Fats Domino was a very popular dude uh, and an amazing songwriter and player, artist. Uh, I, before finding out all this information, uh, you know, I like to do some research, I never knew that he was uh, a big seller. Like, so many people bought his albums and his music. Good for him. Amazing. Before that, you heard Kids in America by Kim Wilde. She's one of my favorites. Uh, that is from um, uh, her... Uh, well, that was actually her debut single, which came out in 1981. Um, and it was... Uh, she's uh, from England. And uh, it was released there in 1981. And then it came here in 1982, yeah? So it was her uh, debut album, it's from her debut album, known as uh, Kim Wilde, um, and that, that's the name of the album. It's her, it's her name, basically. Um, and it is a really fantastic song. I think what we heard was a club remix, but the essential parts of that original song are in there. Yeah, I think someone took it upon themselves to go ahead and remix it. And I liked that version, to tell you the truth. Uh, sometimes I like a good dance beat in a remix. Uh, and I was pretty uh, blown away that someone even took the time to remix that song. when it was already kind of perfect, really. Uh, it reached number two on the UK singles chart. It stayed there for about two weeks. It reached number one in Finland and in South Africa. And it did so well in Europe. Uh, in Canada, it reached number 40, as well as in the United States, it reached number 40. 
It went gold in the UK, South Africa, Australia, and Sweden. And around the world, it sold over 3 million copies. Um, now, you know, Kim Wilde, uh, fantastic. Um, Kids in America is one of her biggest hits, to tell you the truth. And um, she uh, really was influenced by a lot of different uh, synth bands and artists, yeah? Like um, Gary Newman, for instance. Um, and so I think she's fantastic. Uh, Kids in America, great song, really great song. And uh, certainly from a very interesting artist uh, who I believe still plays around. She's uh, 63 years old nowadays. Uh, God bless her. And I think she does still play out every now and then. Um, and then starting off that incredible Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, we heard Hit 'em Up Style, parentheses, oops, exclamation point, and parentheses. As you know, here on the Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, I your host, CZG123, I'm a huge fan of song titles which use parentheses. Uh, there's nothing like a title with a parenthetical at the end of the beginning. I think it's fantastic. Hit 'em up style, oops, in parentheses. Uh, that was the first single from Blue Cantrell, uh, whom at the time was, or rather, who at the time was an, uh, a really popular R&B single, actually. I just like this song very much. I think uh, the music's really cool, the arrangement, and her voice is just awesome. I think she uh, really nails it, the whole sentiment behind that song. It came out in 2001, uh, was recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, and it comes from her album, So Blue. And incidentally, she spells her first name and uh, the album, So Blue, is B-L-U. Uh, so drop the E when it comes to Blue Cantrell. And um, yeah, that's a really uh, great song, which incidentally is a bit of trivia, uses a quick sample uh, of Boys Night Out by Frank Sinatra. So I think that's uh, really, really cool. And the, uh, her, her vocals and the music uh, just go so well together. Um, and there was actually a few remixes, one featuring Foxy Brown. So, yeah, that's uh, a big Rainbow Flipper musical explosion right there. And that is the program you're listening to right now. Please do subscribe. And uh, remember, every TNT, Tuesday and Thursday, we will have new shows here. And coming up soon, we will have one of my favorite segments, Who's Better, The Who or The Doors? The Doors or The Who? I believe that one band is better than the other. I can't call it. That's where you come in to help me decide who's better. So we will be playing a round of that soon enough. Uh, but now let's just jump right into another Rainbow Flipper musical explosion. You better hold on to your hats because there's more. <laughs> Build a lot of stone over. Ah, there are 
That was a Rainbow Flipper musical explosion dedicated to Wayne Kramer and the MC5. The MC5 is perhaps one of rock's most important groups. Uh, They were from Lincoln Park, Michigan, and they formed in 1963. Uh, The original lineup was Rob Tyner um, uh, singing, uh, Wayne Kramer on guitar, considered one of the top 100 guitarists of all time, Fred Sonic Smith on the bass, um, I beg your pardon, oh no, Sonic Smith also played guitar, um, and then uh, Michael Davis was on the bass, and drummer Dennis Thompson, that was the original lineup, uh, and these songs which I've played in this uh, musical explosion were really fantastic, they all come from their first album, um, which came out in 1969 called Kick Out the Jams, um, they broke up in 1972. Uh, the lead singer, um, I beg your pardon, the lead singer, Rob Tyner, whom incidentally we changed his last name because he was a huge fan of McCoy Tyner, uh, inspired by his name, McCoy Tyner, the jazz pianist who often played with John Coltrane. So that's interesting right there. But he, in uh, 1991, suffered a heart attack at the age of 46. Uh, Fred Smith also died of a heart attack in 1994, also at the age of 46. So that's pretty bonkers. And uh, the three members, surviving members of MC5, um, reformed in about 2003 um, with um, a singer named Handsome Dick Manitoba um, became their new vocalist, and they uh, played for a while, like close to a decade, until Michael Davis passed away of liver failure uh, in 2012. Now, this year, Wayne Kramer, uh, amazing guitarist, he passed away. Uh, So I guess that leaves Michael Davis. Did Michael Davis pass away? No, I think Michael Davis might, uh, I think he's, he's around. Yeah, he's around. But MC5 is just very important. They opened up for so many bands. In fact, one time they opened for Cream, and uh, usually when the MC5 played and they opened up for, you know, uh, everyone from, uh, um, what's her name? Oh, man, am I blanking here. Uh, You know, Big Brother and the Holding Company. Um, uh, Janis Joplin, sorry. They opened for Janis Joplin, they opened for Cream, and uh, when they opened for Cream, Cream was kind of like, uh, because apparently, like, they killed it. MC5 killed it. So by the time the uh, headliner comes out, they're just kind of like, whatever. And then Cream is really taken back by that. MC5 is also very leftist, political, polit- politically involved group of guys. Um, they were actually influenced by the Black Panther Party, uh, Allen Ginsberg, the Beat Generation and um, Huey Newton, and uh, Huey Newton, um, in working with John Sinclair, uh, John Sinclair founded the White Panthers, and uh, so a lot was going on in the 60s and 70s, and uh, MC5 performed a lot of protest concerts, and they even played at the DNC in Chicago in 1968 to protest uh, Vietnam. Kick Out the Jams, that second song that I played, uh, 
uh, their first album, I should say, uh, let me back up. Their first album, Kick Out the Jams, is all live. It's recorded live, actually, in 1968 on um, Halloween at, at the Grand Ballroom, which is located in Detroit. So Detroit definitely considers MC5 like their boys, you know? And um, so, yeah, that, rec that recording and that album is just fantastic. So uh, the song Kick Out the Jams in itself is actually the first recorded instance of a curse word on uh, a recorded curse word during the song. So that's a, a great piece of trivia. If anyone ever asks you, well, I wonder what the first song was uh, to have a curse word in it. It is MC5 with Kick Out the Jams. Um, uh, yeah, you heard a lot uh, right there. Uh, I, uh, I, I believe I played, I'm trying to remember what the heck I played over here from that album. Such a great album. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of drug use, sadly, a lot of uh, alcohol, and that was really one of the reasons why they all just kind of went their ways. Um, and uh, they uh, did a cover of um, John Lee Hooker's Motor City is Burning uh, during the Detroit riots in 1967. And um, yeah, they opened for Country Joe. I mean, it's just kind of endless, all the different people that they've played with and all the protest uh, concerts that they, that they played. Um, so yeah, I played Kick Out the Jams. I played Borderline. I believe Borderline was the first song that I played there um, in this um, fantastic Rainbow Flicker Music Explosion dedicated to the MC5. Uh, so the last song you heard actually was Looking at You. Before that, you heard Kick Out the Jams. Uh, and then to set off that explosion, we heard Borderline. And I believe all of those come from their first album. Definitely check out their first album, MC5 great band. Rest in peace, Wayne Kramer. This is the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I want to thank you all for listening. I am your host, CZG123, and I'm in the place to be. Please, please subscribe, and don't forget to share this amazing, wild radio show with all of your friends, family, and even your enemies. Visit czg123.blogspot.com. There's a lot happening there. And uh, after this message, we're going to come back with some more Rainbow Flipper musical explosions. Actually, no, we're not. We're going to come back with the segment that we all love so much. You know what I'm talking about. Right after this. They help me with my homework when I'm been carefully planned and here is the most important day of your life
your dreams come true. The Grand Prospect Hall, 718-788-0777. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. All right, folks. It's time for the segment, Who's Better? The Who or The Doors? The Doors or The Who? One of these bands I believe is better than the other. I just can't call it. I'm on the fence. I love both of them. I think they're both great bands in their own right. But one of them definitely has the edge over the other. So let's start this segment by uh, playing The Who. And then we'll play The Doors. And we'll decide who the winner of this uh, round will be. And now, The Who. I don't mind other guys dancing with my girl That's fine I know them all pretty well But I know sometimes I must get out in the light Better leave behind when the kids are alright The kids are alright
right, so there you have it. That was the doors with the wasp. Parentheses, Texas radio, and the big beat. And as a reminder, here on the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, I love songs that have parentheses. I love the titles with the parenthetical. The Wasp. They could have left it at The Wasp, which is incidentally all caps. It's in all caps. Wasp. Uh, They could have left it at that, but no. They threw in Texas Radio and the Big Beat. Uh, I think it's a really good song, actually. And I like the dun-ba-dun-ba-dun. It's a cool melody. Uh, I love Manzarek's keyboard uh, work on it. And... um, it's basically a really cool blues song when you think about it, and um, it's got a bit of a it's got a bit of a R and B feel almost, you know. I think it's pretty cool, and it it was released in 1971 off the Doors album "L.A. Woman." Again, uh, as I've mentioned on past segments of Who's Better, uh, "L.A. Woman" is just a great, great album, and uh, I like this song. But then setting off that um, uh, battle, this segment, we heard from The Who, The Kids Are All Right. Now, this is just a fantastic song. Uh, it's pretty Beatlesque, I feel. But uh, in there, in the mix, you hear Keith Moon just go off. And incidentally, there uh, was, in 1979, a documentary about The Who called The Kids Are All Right. And it was put together uh, with uh, a bunch of scenes of them playing live of promotional films they did for the labels tons of interviews uh for years um and it was all mostly uh connected by uh this uh super fan super fan named jeff stein um he (laughs) came to basically uh direct this project in this movie and uh, he took uh, and put out a bunch of uh, photos he took of the band while they're on tour. And it was published and put out and everything. And people knew who Jeff Stein was when he was only 17 years old. And uh, he actually had the, uh, you know, a pair of brass ones to approach Pete Townsend and say, hey, man, like, I've just been filming you guys and taking photos of you guys forever. I'd really like to make a movie about you guys, like a cool documentary. So after, uh, you know, talking about it, initially Townsend was like, "Mm, go fly a kite. But then uh, the manager was like, dude, what do you mean forget about it? Like, let's do this. Let's do this. You know, there's some people that don't have opportunity to see you guys live, and this would be amazing. Uh, So... They made this movie. Uh, it came out and did really well. Uh, they had tons of performances of their most famous songs. They show them uh, on stage and on television throughout the world, really. It's like in the United States and England and Germany, all over the place, Finland, like no joke. I think it's a great documentary about The Who. Uh, and it actually went to the uh, Cannes Film Festival in 1979. And um, so the soundtrack comes out, and that song, The Kids Are All Right, is on it. It's also obviously the name of the film. And um, it's just such a cool song. It's such a good song. Um, interesting to note that apparently they also balked at the idea initially of uh, doing Woodstock. 
um, and uh, it actually helped them in 1969 because then uh, Tommy is like produced comes out that year and uh, the album their album which is actually their fourth um, and it really helped the sales that they played Woodstock so once again like a good thing from originally dismissing the idea or the project um, and in a bit of sad news like it was not long after viewing the first cut of this movie the kids are all right uh Keith Moon watched it, and then like a week or two later, whatever, he passed away. So that's really crazy. Like one of the last things Keith Moon did was watch a screening, had a screening of of his movie, of his doc. So there you have it. The Kids Who Are Right versus The Wasp, parentheses, Texas Radio and The Big Beat. This segment, this round, I'm going to give to The Who uh, because of the historical importance of that song being part of the kids who are right uh and then there was that movie the kids who are right with um you know that movie that came out with mark ruffalo and i'm blanking on who else is in the movie but anyways yeah i mean they just kill that song uh don't get me wrong uh the wasp is also a great song um you know it was kind of a tough call but i gotta say at the end of the day uh, the Who just really rocked that song. Daltrey sounds amazing. I do like that Beatlesque uh, melody that's up in there. And again, that Keith Moon drumming is just so sick. Uh, the Wasp is cool lyrically, and I really do like his that that classic Jim Morrison swagger approach to the song. Um, but I don't know. In terms of songwriting and the way it all sounds together, I give it to The Who. The Who wins that round with The Kids Are All Right. Uh, so that was it. That's uh, The Who's Better, The Doors or The Who. The Who are The Doors. Coming up right now, here's another Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, so don't go anywhere. And if you do, just hit pause, come back and unpause it. And hopefully you are enjoying this program while walking, while jogging, while driving, while doing dishes, while going shopping, while walking around. Uh, while, while in the park, uh, play this radio show for your friends and everyone will be very impressed. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, here's another explosion.
down a spiral Destination unknown Double cross messenger All alone Can't get no connection Can't get
Somehow we'll soon make a change We are all a part of God's great big family And the truth, you know love is all we for Haiti uh, back in 2010 there was uh, some really really horrible stuff that was uh, happening uh, in in Haiti uh, basically there was a 7.0 earthquake that's pretty big and uh, the death toll was around 200,000 so they really needed help and um, you know Originally, Quincy Jones and Lionel Richie were like, we got to do something. And they're like, how about we re-record We Are the World? And so uh, they hopped to it. They got uh, some people together. But in the very beginning, it seems that Lionel Richie and Quincy Jones were, it was just like an idea. They didn't really expect it to move forward, but it did. Because uh, they figured, hey, if our last record uh, helped a lot of folks, uh, maybe we can uh, help these people now do it again. Help uh, more people by selling a lot of uh, copies, you know, like the first time. Uh, so, this version, which came out in 2010, uh, the recording session lasted about 14 hours. And just as, you know, recently, I don't know if anyone saw it, you should see it if you haven't, on Netflix, is a fantastic documentary 
called The World's Greatest Pop Song or something. I'm blanking on the title, but you'll see it. It's this great documentary on the making of We Are the World, and you just learn so much about how it was put together. Shout out and uh, good looking out. Uh, mad love and respect to Terry Leonard, a uh, fellow I've known for a very long time, and he actually produced it. So, uh, great, great doc, and I'm not just saying that because of knowing Brother Terry, but I recommend everyone sees it. Uh, it's like a time capsule. Pretty amazing. But so this 2010 version um, features a lot of folks. Justin Bieber, Jennifer Hudson, Josh Groban, <laughs> Tony Bennett, Mary J. Blige. I, it just kind of endless. Um, they reuse Michael Jackson's vocals, which I find very interesting and weird, but Michael Jackson is in there. Pink, Celine Dion, Jamie Foxx, Miley Cyrus, Babs, Babs, let's get Barbara Streisand in here, Janet Jackson, uh, Janet Jackson's there, and then, you know, as with the original, there are just tons of people in the, uh, in the chorus, featuring the likes of the Jonas Brothers, Gladys Knight, Without the Pips, uh, Kid Cudi, John Legend, uh, Bobby McFerrin even uh, shows up. Uh, you have uh, the Wilsons. Remember the Wilsons or Wilson? Oh, they were just called Wilson. Uh, they were there, all three of them. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn was there singing Harry Connick Jr. It was like a big event. Brandy, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is in the chorus. Uh, El DeBarge. So really interesting. You know, they get all these uh, heavyweights again, like uh, Tony Braxton and um, I don't know, Wyclef was even there, Enrique Iglesias. So it was the same idea. It was after they had the Grammys, they went right to the studio, which then at the time was A&M Recording Studio. It later became uh, Henson Studios, I think. But it was in the, it's located in the same building. So they essentially were in the exact same studio where they recorded We Are the World. Uh, it's a recording studio out here in Los Angeles. Uh, yes, and it is now Henson Recording Studio. Uh, over there. So they recorded the original in 1985 um, uh, and it sold over 20 million copies. It's the ninth best-selling single of all time. So it makes you wonder what were the other eight? I can only imagine like the first three are the Beatles, yeah? And incidentally, we're talking about singles on a disc, like 45 singles. So that's also interesting to note. We're not talking about digital. We're not talking about like a single or a CD single. I don't even think they made CD singles unless they had remixes in like a B-side or something. But anyways, uh, yeah, ninth all time, made a ton of money, came out on Columbia, CBS Records, organized by Lionel Richie, song written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones and uh, Lionel Richie basically putting this all uh, together. And of course, it was inspired by the British version or the British um, support for uh, Starvation in Africa with their version uh, coming from a group known as Band-Aid, which is a huge uh, conglomerate group of singers and artists. I believe Duran Duran is there, and uh, I don't know. So uh, It's all... I'm losing my marbles. I can't remember. The random Rand's like the only name, the only act I can remember from Band-Aid. But, oh, U2. I don't know, a bunch of others. The Smiths? No, I don't think, I don't think he was there or they were there. Anyways, so inspired by Do They Know It's Christmas, which was the name of that amazing song, um, Harry Balafonte 
uh, initially came up with the idea of doing something in the so- in the form of a song. So that's really where the idea came from, was from Harry Belafonte. And then Quincy Jones and Lionel Richie just ran with it. And uh, as was the case in 2010, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it was after an awards show where all these people uh, showed up and spent the night basically in this recording studio and, uh, and performed and did it. They did it. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Um... It's interesting to note, and this wasn't in the doc, but Stevie Wonder wanted Eddie Murphy to come in. Um, but Eddie Murphy said, I can't make it. I'm working on my own album called Party All the Time. And it would be years later where Eddie Murphy realized what Stevie Wonder was asking him to do, and he said he felt like an idiot. So he missed out. Dan Aykroyd is there. Um, Waylon Jennings walked out. Uh, because there was a suggestion of singing it in Swahili, uh, the chorus, I believe. And then you see in the doc, that's just like a big controversy, and everyone's going kind of crazy. What are we going to do? So yeah, in the original chorus, Dan Aykroyd, as I said, Harry Belafonte, uh, LaToya Jackson, uh, so many folks, so many folks, uh, John Oates, Bette Midler, Bob Geldof. Interesting to know, Bob Geldof sings in both, uh, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid and We Are the World. I believe he's the only performer to appear on both versions. Other than... Yeah, he is. Yes. Uh, and then Michael Jackson is on both the 2010 and 1985 versions of We Are the World. So, interesting to hear the original 85 and then 2010. And then before that, we heard Drums of Passion an amazing song coming from an amazing album with the same name, which came out in 1959 from a percussionist that comes all the way from Nigeria, known as Babatunde Alatunji. And that song was actually called Drums of Passion. And uh, as I said, and uh, in, uh, it's also known as uh, Jingolaba, uh, I believe is the way you uh, pronounce it. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it was actually covered by, uh, Sergei Gainsbourg, uh, under a different title, and, uh, this fella, man, I'm telling you, he is, like, an incredible percussionist, uh, he was 75 years old, God bless him, and he passed away, uh, from Nigeria, passed away in California, and, um, he was, uh, born a member of the Ogu people, and really grew up uh, with traditional African music. And um, he learned a lot from his culture and his history and incorporated it into his own music. And um, his father uh, was a chief. And when his father passed away, uh, uh, Ola Tunji was in line to become the next chief. And um, he basically got um, a found, he got a scholarship and uh, came to the United States. Uh, he got a scholarship to Morehouse uh, College. So really, really interesting background and uh, world musician. Um, and he uh, Coltrane. Uh, it's interesting to know John Coltrane wrote a song called Tunji, uh, which is on his album Coltrane, and it was, 
paid homage to uh, Al, Al, Al Tunji. So yeah, uh, he definitely was influential on so many artists. I mean, obviously, including John Coltrane, who composed a song uh, for him. Baba, uh, Baba Tunde Alatunji, amazing. Please look into him. Uh, you won't believe it. I mean, if you liked that, you would love it. I, You just got to listen to this guy. And definitely check out his first album um, before anything else. I highly suggest you listen to his first album. Um, and what was that? There was something else I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah. This... Uh, Alatunji played from 1959, which is when he released his first album, until 2003. And within that time, he was on Columbia, he was on Virgin, EMI. Just so incredible. Please look him up. Last name is O-L-A-T-U-N-J-I. And then starting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, one of my favorite flashbacks of the 80s, Twilight Zone. A song from Golden Earring, which is actually a they're actually a Dutch band, which is crazy. Came out in 1982, was a huge, huge hit, and um, they were uh, <laughs> Golden Earring was a really funny band. But this song is just so good, and I love the chorus. Um, I believe I remember the music video actually for this song. It was really kind of bonkers, and I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, at the time watching it on MTV, but I remember being like, wow, this song is so good. Um, so yeah, it was a huge hit when it came out. Uh, it was always requested, and uh, it reached, um, let's see, it reached number one on the Billboard Top Album Tracks chart, and it was a number one hit overall in America. It spent more than half a year on the US pop charts. It's pretty amazing, pretty amazing that they can, uh, that a Dutch band would come and just wreck havoc and just kill it here in the United States, mostly with this song, which kicked open the door for them. Um, so yeah, that's uh, what a great Rainbow Flipper musical explosion that was, right? Starting off with Golden Earring, going all the way up to the different uh, the two different versions of We Are The World. I mean, wow, what an action-packed show this was. And I want to thank all of you to, for listening to it, and I hope all of you are subscribing. Please subscribe to this Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, won't you? New episodes every TNT, that's every Tuesday and Thursday. I am your host, CZG123, and I want to thank you for listening to me. The number to call is 213-839-9830. Should you have any requests or things you want to say, any comments, if you want to argue uh, over the phone, leave a message saying that the Doors actually won that segment, please call 213-839-9830. Don't forget to visit czg123.blogspot.com where you're going to find an embedded radio player playing all these episodes, as well as you can check out articles I've written with regards to different aspects of music. Uh, this radio show is meant for music lovers uh, such as yourself, and uh, you know I love to provide histories uh, of these songs based upon uh, these deep dives and bits of research that I conduct, uh, because a lot of this music is new to me as well, and once I hear a song that's new to me, I want to find out more about the artist, uh, like it or not, 
because I'm always curious. If I'm not that thrilled with the song, I'm always curious to know, well, what else do they have? What else did they do? Because, you know, every song, every band or artist has, like, one clunker, right? Or actually quite a few uh, over the over a career, span of a career. So uh, don't. I, that's just actually a recommendation to all of you out there listening is don't be discouraged by uh, being introduced to a song that you may not like because that artist or band may have other songs that you like and they uh, will probably wind up being shared by you. Uh, hey, check this out, you know. That's uh, the best way really to learn more about music is uh, from our friends and from our family. Uh, but maybe sometimes not our enemies because maybe they play, that could be the source of why you guys are enemies, right? It's because they listen to different stuff, yeah, maybe you've argued over who's better than who are the doors and doors of the who. I just want to uh, say I hope all of you folks are still having or will have a fantastic rest of 2024. I know it's early yet. I'm getting very excited because soon pitchers and catchers will meet and soon there will be a spring training and soon Major League Baseball will start again. Music and baseball, ah, is there anything better? Well, maybe. Food is pretty good. I like food. Anyways, please do subscribe to this wonderful Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and hug your loved one as tightly as you can. <laughs>